And we're live. Good morning, and welcome to Dopey, the podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. And I'm Dave. My name is Chris. And you know what Dave just said? He said, good morning. This is the first ever Dopey episode uh, in the morning, which is uh, weird. It's 7.35 in the morning. It's weird. It's insane. We are on the Lower East Side of uh, Manhattan. What's the earliest we've ever recorded? Like 6 p.m.? No, I think like 4 I think when you went to see The Secret Life of Pets and needed to come home to poop, uh, it was like four. I worked till four, and you were at my apartment. Yeah. So we did a couple of early ones. You've but, always been a proponent of morning episodes. You've been saying it for a year. We need to do morning episodes. Well, at night, I'm like totally not good. I don't know. I just figure in the morning I'd be better. I just figured I'd feel more centered. At and night, you're totally not good. Yeah. And you're better in the morning, and I'm, that's the type of language you're using? At night, I'm totally not good, <laughs> and in the morning, I'm better. <laughs> that, that's as far as I'm going to go. No, you know, I mean, also, like, we tend to do it after long shifts. We recorded two... We're staying in the hotel down the street from where I work, this fancy pants hotel that, like, like positions itself as some, like, punk rock hipster hotel... There's a, a weird pseudo-painting poster Johnny of Johnny Ramone <laughs> on the wall. Poor Johnny Ramone, you know, the fact that he his image is in some fancy pants, multi-million dollar hotel. I don't, I'm sure he's rolling over in his grave, but uh, maybe he got money. Maybe his wife got money. You want to hear an interesting story? Sure. In the Ramones, Joey Ramone had this girlfriend, who's ironically, her name was Linda, and, uh, and Johnny Ramone came in and swooped up Linda and married her, uh, like in the early 80s. Then for the next 15 years, Joey Ramone and Johnny Ramone never spoke. They toured the whole time in vans. They would sit in different rows on the van. That's so sad. Yeah. That's a horrible story. And Joey Ramone died horribly of lymphoma. And they didn't sell records. They only sold T-shirts. But they made money off their T-shirts. Oh, Not yeah, a but- lot. They made like money like you know upper middle class people did. Is this the band that... Um- Inspired a lot of other bands to start. Yeah, we always talk about that being the Velvet Underground, but the Ramones is also that. I, th- I remember you saying the Ramones. The Ramones. You were comparing it to Dopey. Yeah, the Ramones is probably the greatest rock and roll band to ever come out of Queens. Hmm. They're from Forest Hills, and they're all mostly Jewish. What other rock and roll bands have came out of Queens? Um, I can only think of hip hop groups that came out of Queens. Yeah. Run DMC, Nas. Oh, Nas is... He's is from Queens? Queensbridge. I think that's in Queens. Like, probably near Brooklyn or something. I don't know. Yeah. But, um... Maybe it's in between. I cannot think of another band from Queens. So, if Dopey Nation, if you know any other bands from Queens, let me know. Can okay. you think of any bands from Queens? Are you serious? Right. Um, seriously. I can't think of another band from Queens. And the Ramones are a great band. You know what I know from Queens? What? I know that gra- graffiti place. Hunts Point, is it? I've never been there. You've never been there? No. Weren't they going to paint over it? Some big thing? I think they did. Yeah? Yeah, I think that's done. And I also know Long Island City, and that's it. My dad grew up in Queens. And I think the UPS guys come from Queens. The King of Queens. The King of Queens, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, the, I never got that whole thing. He's got this, like, house in Queens, and he's a UPS driver. He's like Archie. It's like a modern-day Archie Bunker. They, yeah, they had a house can, in Queens. Yeah, but how do you afford a house in Queens as a UPS driver? Well, I think that's his wife in the show always makes more money than they talk about that. It's an interesting point, though, because in my because I look at these houses all the time, yeah. And you, they're not all rich people. 
It's like they've been there forever. But there's also middle class people who manage their money well and can have a house because of credit. Maybe their parents sold a house so they could buy a house this and then the they could pay it. the dream you're telling yourself. It's not going to happen for me. I mismanaged my entire <laughs> life. I'm talking about like somebody who did the right thing from when they were like starting to work. I, I think that they, yeah, they did the right thing. But even if they did the right thing, you know, <clears throat> and they were our age, they're not going to be able to buy a house now. These are people who bought it in like the 80s and 90s. Right. I just think that there, there's a lot of stories out there. There's people with great credit who can get uh, yeah, a Yeah, just not in New York City. I, I, I think you're wrong. Really? Yeah, I think you're wrong. There's first time house buyers. How much do you and think stuff? the King of Queens house would be? He never watched that stupid Seven hundred thousand dollars. I don't know what his house looked like. I don't like that guy. Kevin James is annoying to me. Yeah, he's kind of annoying. Um, how how nice was his house? <laughs> was, I bet Archie Bunker's how house. How nice it is? It's just any piece of property, any slab. And, sure, eight hundred yeah. between five and a million. Yeah, but I'm just saying that people have loans and this and that. Anyway. I woke up this morning at fucking 5.30 in the morning because I, could, I made it so cold in here to help me sleep, but then I couldn't sleep. And, um, and Chris was like, you can put on the radio if you want because I'm a heavy sleeper. Yep. Do what you want. Get me coffee. <laughs> and um, so I went out. And when I went downstairs, there was this guy outside. And he was all coked up and crazy. And he was like, good morning? And I said, hi. He goes, is this still night for you? Or is it the morning? And I said, I said, it's the morning for me. He goes, oh, I'm bugging out. And he started talking to me. He had had coke on the end of his nose. Was he like a... He was a young kid. Indigent or like... No, he was a rich young kid with okay. a vest and a polo shirt. Ugh, that sounds so icky. It's Can just I, like the worst feeling. Do you take a picture of him? I recorded him. Oh my god, this is great. I don't know how good he, this Dave is. Dave told me he had some surprise for me. This is the surprise. It's not going to be that good, but I just... Whatever, you painted a picture. Anything would be good. Here we go. Alright, so I just uh, left the hotel. We recorded the show last night, and I'm going to get coffee. But uh, I ran into this dude downstairs just bugging out. He said, uh, he's like, is this your morning or is your night still going? And I asked him what he was doing. His name is Seth. Tell, tell him what you're doing. Yeah, dude, I'm just trying to get some, like, titties, man. I'm teasing my face right now. That's all I need right now. I can't go to sleep. I need it. It's like Harold and Kumar, you know, get yes. got to get the white cat. Yeah, I got to get those in my face. He's that one way or another. So we're going to see we're gonna see what happens. But tell me about last night. Oh, last night? It was, oh, shit. It's all like one. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we just like chilled my boy. My boy had his birthday. So we went to some, uh, went to a pregame at an apartment. Then we went out. We fucking just talked to the dance floor. And, you know, about, you know, I, yo, just, I you, you edited it? No, no, <laughs> you said you edited it? <laughs> yeah, it's just like missed opportunities. Dude, I was killing it in the dance floor, and I, that's, that's my go-to thing. And, like, everyone sees it. I'm like, oh, I think I need to go cool. Like, and, uh, and then, like, I just, I'm just get too, too, too wrapped up in the dancing now. I just forget about, like, just like, ample opportunities to, like, you know, fact-check a girl, you know? But, uh... <laughs> Yeah, and then I'm stuck like fucking hounded right now looking for some. But how did you make it up? I'm trying to go at six thirty in the morning. Fucking railing lines and shit, you know. Just that. I mean, I, yeah, no, I mean, I was always smoke like weed, you know, just like chill, chill. But yeah, no, just too low and uh, 
Yeah. You still have some on your nose. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's all right. Oh, shit. So where would you go to get titties now? What would the plan be? There's a site. Go, you know. Online? Yeah, dude. What, like, to get, like, a prostitute? <laughs> I'm not a cop. This is my show. Dude, I don't even know right now. Dude. Well, what, what the fuck? What is going on? You're, you're, I didn't you use your last know, name. Man. I don't know your last name. I don't know you. Uh, but I do want to know, how do you get... Wait, do you say you, like, work at... So, I do. I work at... So you do podcasts on the side. I do a podcast every week. It's called Dopey. It's on drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. You can Google it. Um, we. I used to live down here, but I moved to Long Island, and my friend Chris, who does the show with me, wanted to do the show in the Indigo Hotel because it was next So we did it there. Um, but but I find you a fascinating subject because I'm never out no, in the I'm morning. I'm down for down to talk. You have, a, you have room in Indigo? Yeah. You could interview me, like, after... Gonna, you know, off the record. Yeah. What? Why should this is anonymous? Nobody's gonna ever know who you are. Yeah. A, so what? So after what? So where are you gonna go? You gonna go home? You have somebody in there? Yeah. All right. Well, I'm gone, Seth. You're the man. I'm gonna get coffee. Uh, don't be freaked out. Nothing yeah. bad happened here. Google my show. You'll you'll know that it's all very legitimate. Uh, say what up, say what up, Dopey Nation. Yo, what up, Dopey Nation? Have a good do drugs, stay in school, and do drugs. Yo, the smartest people do drugs. Honestly, you know this. this. Until it runs its that's, course, that's my not, friend. I was I was a heroin addict for 15 years. I've been clean for two. Well, I mean, yeah, don't dabble in the dark arts, but like you know, just weed, like that's like chill, and like you know, maybe some occasional zany, you know, occasional bar, like why not? You know, like unless you go, if you have your life like set up, like. And you could, like, use and be a functional athlete. Like, why not? You know? Have you ever heard of the phrase YOLO? You know? Like, yeah, it's like... It, what is the phrase YOLO? You only live once. Right. Yeah. You only live once. Seth, be well. I'm going to get coffee. You're the man. Have a good time. Yes, sir. God, dude. No, dude. If I was a cop, I would have fucking taken you in because you're coconut. Oh my god. Yes, still? Yeah. yeah. Right. I put it in my pocket. Yeah. I did tell you. Okay. Yeah. That was funny, dude. That it's was weird. a good surprise. It's weird, right? Well, we've been talking about doing that for a while, and it looked like that first one worked out pretty well. Yeah. I mean, whatever, dude. It's great. You didn't tell me that you recorded them. Well, I figured what you'd want to hear it, and it'd yeah. be funnier to hear it once because it's not that's that the funny. Best, the best part is after it's all over. He says, "Are you a cop?" Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, you knew what YOLO meant, right? Yeah, I just uh, wanted him to say it because yeah. it sounded so retarded. They're saying something else now besides YOLO. What it's are like they saying? YOLO or something? What is that? I don't know. Some no other, other life, life, otherwise, other Omar. <laughs> no other life, Omar. <laughs> Um, That's funny though, right? That is really funny. Well, who the fuck? Okay, wait. First of all, where was he? He said there's somebody inside. What was he talking about? He got a whore in the Indigo. I think he got a room in the Indigo, oh, and he ordered a whore online. Yeah, some lady of the night. Yeah, and so he was waiting for her, or she was already here. I, I didn't. He was so sketched when I started asking him details. Yeah, he was so coked out, and it was so early. 
But like I was oh, like, oh, that's just so icky. Six. It's like it's, it's actually like late morning for that. Like six thirty in the morning. Like early morning being coked out still is like five a.m. People are coming out. You're yeah. like, I gotta hunker down and get drunk or like pass out. Six thirty is like people are up and moving. Oh yeah, everyone's <laughs> in exercise clothes. I'm going to get coffee. Yeah. Fucking Seth is on the block, sketched out of his mind. Uh, it's funny though. It did you funny. know right when you saw him? He said to me, the first thing he said was, Were the titties? No. <laughs> is this the morning or is this the night for you? Uh, so I had known that he was done. Yeah. And then he st- he's like, and I was thinking, I should just record him right now. I should just record him right now. And he's like, uh, you know, uh, I'm just dipping and dabbing, fucking, you know, <laughs> doing rails. But, you know, he had a million words for, for snorting What did he say? Don't dabble in the dark horse. There's some no, good sound bites in Don't there. dabble in the dark arts. Oh, I thought it was the dark horse. No. He said, don't dabble in the dark arts. Oh. Like a Harry Potter kind of thing. Oh, okay. But uh, I thought that was fucking funny. And uh, and then I was like, yeah, I got this guy. I was like, I had it in my pocket. Like, it was going to be good. You know, it wasn't as good as I thought it was going to no, be. That was great. But it was still funny. Um, so, yeah. Um, we also just, overnight, we also got um, a fucking, whatchamacallit, uh, a voicemail that we're going to play in a minute. Um, what the, oh, some thoughts. I, first of all, the other dark chocolate biscuit cookie that we could not remember the name of is Choco Leibniz. Ooh. That is the fine, fine. That's what we got when we were in, uh, Is it better than Le Petit Ecure? Le Petit Ecure, It's as good, if not better. Um. You know what I always did with the Le Petit's? Is I try to remove the chocolate from the biscuit. You already it's said very, this. It's very hard. You nibble like a little bunny rabbit. No, I said I'd nibble, but I never revealed that I tried to remove the chocolate from the biscuit, which is nearly impossible. Removing? A few times. How would you try to do it? You I know try what? To pull, it has to be the right temperature. And maybe they have if it's be, a little melty. And maybe they have to be aged right, too, because it's very hard to get a clean break between the chocolate and the biscuit. How could you possibly? I've done it before. Like, I've done it just enough where I've been intermittently reinforced to where I know it's possible, and that's all I want. All you want is the chocolate. That's the best thing in life for me. If I then you remember. don't eat the biscuit at all, or then you eat the biscuit? No, then I put the chocolate back on the biscuit, and I eat it. You remove it, <laughs> then you re you re put it, re put it. I don't know what I do. Once it's removed, I'm just excited. All bets are off. Yeah, so you're trying are. you're trying to extract the chocolate cleanly from the biscuit. Yeah. But there's always going to be remnants of chocolate on said biscuit. That's what I'm saying though. Is that I have had a clean break before. I think that's bullshit. It's not. I don't lie. It's I think a program of rigorous honesty. Okay. Um, do I t- what? Should I tell a story? Should we tell them real quickly about the Narcan training? That's not a minute. Yeah. That was funny. So, um, I did this Narcan training at the school I go to, and um, this woman came in. Actually, you happened to know the woman, which was funny, from Western Mass, and I go to school around Boston. And so she's doing the Narcan training, and now, for those for those of you that don't know, Narcan's, it's not, it's naloxone. I always think it's naltrexone. It's naloxone. Naloxone. It's, a, it's an opiate antagonist. It, takes the opiates off your receptors and pulls you out of an overdose. What did it mean? I mean, how could they even find that chemical? It's been around since the 80s. But, like, how do they... I mean, that's How do they insane. find any chemical? But that's so amazing. <laughs> We're going to design a, a drug to remove a drug from a receptor in your brain. Yeah. Well, do you know what the best one is? I told you the story of Anabuse. You did, but you can tell it again. All right. Well, we'll do a little sidetrack right here. So there's this drug called Anabuse. It's a disulfiram. 
and it's uh, if you if you take it for anywhere from like 24 hours to 72 hours, you puke when you drink. So um, it makes it so you have a reaction and you get sick if you have any amount of alcohol. And people people have different sort of like um, responses to it. Some are more sensitive than others, where people like can't even use like cologne or use mouthwash, and like it has an immediate reaction. So. Uh, I was on it for years. I used to have an ex-girlfriend actually give it to me every morning. But um, so the way they discovered Anabuse was there was a bunch of miners. I forget what they were mining. And they were like down underground and they hit some pocket and like this gas came out and they all inhaled it. And they're like, get the fuck out of there. And they all left. And that night they all went drinking at the bar. And at the bar, everybody started puking. And they're like, what the fuck? And then they investigated, and it was a pocket of, like, naturally occurring disulfur gas. But the real gas. question with that so story is, like, you have a bunch of miners, okay, <laughs> mining for, let's say, coal, yeah. probably in Virginia I or West Virginia. I want to say rubber. Do you mine for rubber? No, you don't mine for Do you mine? I, <laughs> I think, I don't know. How do you Maybe get Maybe some part of rubber. You do not mine for rubber. Maybe rubber either comes from a rubber plant, a rubber tree, or it's made. <laughs> a rubber tree. Isn't there a rubber tree? I don't know. I think there is. I think but it's from monkeys. There's rubber monkeys. Do, there's no rubber monkeys. <laughs> Dopey Nation, if you know the origins of rubber, could you please? Tell us. I think it comes from a plant. Not you don't mine rubber. <laughs> rubber plant. Yeah. You don't <laughs> so know that song. I hope there's a bunch of farmers. And you're like, what are you farming? Farming for rubber. <laughs> yeah, we're farming rubber. I don't know. You don't know that song. Like high hopes. You know what's something about this ant makes him think he can push that rubber tree plant. Something. Okay. Yeah. That that's good. Um, you sold me with that. But anyway, let's get back to the story. You have <laughs> miners. A rubber tree plant. Then is it a tree or a plant? It's probably these small little. It's a small tree. (laughs) It's a shrub, the rubber shrub. But I think that um, I'm still imagining these miners, these hardy drinking, probably not very well educated miners, mining rubber or diamonds or coal in wherever they are. Yeah. And then they go to the bar and they get sick, and the smartest one is like. Hmm. <laughs> what was in the mind that now? I mean, who's the guy? There's some like doctor in town. He's like at the bar. He's, he's like, like, what vari- <laughs> what variable has been introduced to all of our lives recently? <laughs> what what happened to these miners? I think I shall investigate the gas in the mine. Like, who, it's like, do you think, or do you think Curly, no. the burliest miner, was like Joe? I think that gas had some sort of effect on us. <laughs> I feel sick when I drink now. Like, who's the one that discerned this information? Well, dude, after that, they literally thought they had found the cure to alcoholism. Like, there was this big, like, uproar, and they're like, we did it! Like, we <laughs> beat alcoholism! We made this pill! And then it just turns out people stop taking the pill and still drink. You know what happened, though? It became an abuse mine. <laughs> it's a mine that produced antibuse. But then people were like, fuck it, I don't want to get sick, I want to drink. Exactly. You know, that's where Artie like, Ar- They're like, I'm mining for coal now, I don't want rubber. In this Artie Lang, you know, complete addiction uh, saga, which I'm obsessed with. Is he on antibuse in it? Or I'm going to be obsessed with this for a long time because it's 24 hours and it's excruciating. I can. I mean, it's so boring. I, mean, I heard a little bit this morning. It was alright. It's excruciating. If you hadn't set up what it is, if you hadn't told me like what they're like layering it for, it's like the the life path of Artie's addiction on the Howard Stern show. I would have been very bored. But right. since you told me what it's it like, is, you I'm know interested. The, the I'm monsters interested. coming yeah, at some yeah, point. It's like building. Like yeah. even this morning, like 
the guy set it up and said he was going to have the meltdown, and I was like half awake, like, when's the meltdown happening? Or was that last night? It's, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's coming, but it's going to be... Anyway, so in the episode before, he was like, he was like, Artie, you're going to have a nice life. You just can't drink. And Artie's like, what kind of life is that? You know, like, yeah. so yeah. I think it's, it's funny. So why would anybody take antabuse that's an active alcoholic? Dude, do you know what? Yeah, well, I was on well, uh, two stories real quickly. Then we'll get back to the Narcan. So the Japanese girl, I think I've said this on the show. She used to give me my antabuse. Have I told you about this? No. She would give me my antabuse, right? And the antabuse were these. I imagine you in her lap. And she has an eyedropper, and she's, like, feeding you like you're a bunny rabbit, and she strokes your head. Oh, it was so pathetic. Dude, I was working at the hospital in the radiology department as a research assistant, and she'd pack my little lunch and give me antabuse, and I'd go in, and I'd work. It was me and, like, seven other doctors in there, and it was just, like, I had the most pathetic life, and nobody realized it there until I relapsed and went to treatment and never saw them again. But it makes you wonder how pathetic point. anyone's life is. It's like that that, that whole effortless... Uh, Perfection? Yeah, it's like you do not know what all these people live like yeah. away from you. Yeah. You don't know what secrets are in their minds that they're not telling you. Yeah. you know, I happen to say everything on my mind every moment of the day. You know, it's, it's You're a, an open book. It's a hard knock life. Um, okay, so anyway, so she'd give me the interviews in the morning, and they were like big round pills, mm-hmm. and kind of the shape of an Altoid, and I wanted to drink, and I had to be, they had me on 500 milligrams, which is like a double dose. Um, and, uh, Just because you can't be too sure with you? Yeah, yes. <laughs> I remember the psychiatrist who I'd saw for years. He's like, I'm giving you a double dose of this. You're a double alcoholic, yeah. so you're going to get a double dose. Well, I had to not take it for three days, and on the third day, I could drink. I didn't have a reaction where I felt bad, but my skin would turn beet red. So on the third day, I could... On the fourth day, I could drink with impunity. On the third day, I could drink and not get sick. I just would turn really red. Um, Anyway, so I I stopped taking it. I was trying to stop taking it. I couldn't swap out all the pills. But one day, I like from across the room, I grabbed the bottle and I was like, look, I'm taking it to the girl. And I put it on my tongue and I really put an Altoid on my tongue because it was the closest thing I could find. And I held my tongue out like this. And I showed it to her across the room, and she started screaming. She said, that's not it. She started screaming, right? And I quickly swallowed the Altoid. I'm like, yeah, it was. And she's like, no, that wasn't it. I'm like, no, I swear it was. We had this argument. Did she have a thick Japanese accent? Yeah, she was broken English, can you, can you? Can you do it? I can't. Can I don't you do, do a little, Can you do a little of that? <laughs> that not it? You do it. No, I don't want to be anti-Japanese. <laughs> that not it? What did she say? I don't know, man. I can't do her that well. She said, uh, I remember what she used to say in Japanese. She would say, Yamete. No, do a little English, broken Japanese. I really can't. I, I honestly can't remember anything about her. Can you do anything? I can't do anything. Can't you just do something? <laughs> I can say wicked sometimes. You don't say it nearly enough. I, yeah, it only comes out occasionally. So hey, let, let me, me ask you, let me, me, finish, let me, let me just ask you a really quick momentum. question. If you're ever out late at night, okay, yeah. in the country, with some people from Massachusetts, do you ever say, it's wicked dark out here. <laughs> I don't. You never I say don't. that? I don't. It only comes out... Um, Could you do me a favor? No. Next time you're in the country with your lady friend or some people and you notice that there's no light, could you say, it's wicked dark out here? I'll say it and I'll record it and we'll put it on Dopey. That's great. Why don't you just say it now? It's wicked dark out here. It's wicked dark out here. <laughs> it's wicked dark out here. I could here. really go for some chowder <laughs> in the dark. Um, okay, so... She's like, that's not the end of views, right? <clears throat> Big thing. I deny it. I end up, the, the wheels really fall off. I end up going to treatment. I've been in treatment 
I'm in extended care treatment. I've been in treatment. This is at Mountainside. I've been in treatment for... When I was there. Yeah, but you were already gone. I'm in like phase four. It's like, I've been there like two or three months, right? And she drives up from Boston to visit me. I didn't even know you were still with her when I was there. I, this is the last time I saw her. And so, in Mountainside. <laughs> in phase four, yeah. yeah okay. And so she drives up to visit me, and um, she's like, I just... And the cat's out of the bag. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I had in to go treatment get, for yeah, six yeah, months. Yeah. And I had to go get rescued from Harlem. Like, one day, I just didn't show up to our... We were living here. I just didn't show up to our apartment, and I was in Harlem. And my brother and sister had to come find me and bring me to Mountainside. So, like, it's bad. You know what I mean? Like, there's no point hiding anything at this point. And so she says to me, I just have to ask you one question. And she's like... That one time, like, when you took the interview, she's like, she's like, was that really the, like, and it was, like, bothering her where she, like, thought she was crazy. She's like, was that really the interviews? And I was like, yeah. No, you did I not. I swear to God. You lied I, in I, that I li- moment. I lied in that moment. And in that moment, when I lied, I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, like, I will no never re- be well. Yeah. <laughs> no reason to I lie. have no hope. Yeah, there's no reason at all to lie. And I still lied. Did you ever make an amend to her? No. Wow, you're, no, no. you're that nine, was weird. So we, so your we nine step is incredibly uh, unthorough. <sighs> yes. So we broke up, um, and then like five months later, I got an email from her mother, uh-huh. and her mother was like, she didn't know we had broken up. She was like, her mother could just sense something was going on, like you know, a year later. No, like five months after, like, like five months after you left, or no, five like, months after you got out of treatment, like three months after the last time I saw her. Okay, so like five months after I was in treatment. And I got an email from her mother who was like, hey, Chris. And her English was even worse. worse. And she was like, uh, I'm just like checking in. How are you? All this stuff. And I could tell she was like fishing to see what was going on in our relationship because she sensed it was over and she didn't know. And now she's married in Texas and happily ever after. Did she call you Chris? Chris. She called me Chris Kuhn. Why? They, in Japan, like you would be Dave Kuhn and then a woman, they add San. Nice. The the end. If it's like a, I think it's just I don't know what the fuck. It's it respect. Is. It's like Mr. I don't know Chris. if it's respect or, or if it's Miss, like silly. Miss Erica. It's like little. I, no, it's not like that. I think it's more like. Um, and if there's any Japanese listeners, please correct me on this. But I think it's more like like Dave Boy and like right like Sarah Girl. You know, just to make sure if, if somebody didn't know. I think it's like cute. It's more like cute than respect. Respect. You know. Yeah, I know nothing about Japanese culture. I know a decent amount about their culture because I was fascinated by it because they were so emotionally um, closed off. Removed, I was like, like you. I need to go to Japan. This is just, <laughs> like your, your wheelhouse. Yeah. Fucking. Wait, wait. Let's just finish the Narcan thing real quickly. That's what started this whole thing. Sure. All right. So we were doing this Narcan training at school and uh, the woman comes in. Anyway, so Narcan's the opiate antagonist that takes you out of withdrawals. I highly advise if... You have a heroin addict in your life, or even if you're a heroin addict, get some fucking Narcan in your house. Have Could it save your life. Cabinet. Yeah, and there's no toxicity really with it. You can give it to a baby. Like, it's fine. Um, and so anyways, it used to be an injection. Now they made it, and it's like a nasal spray, right? And it's like you just squirt it up your nose. So anyways, in the training, they're telling us, and it was sort of like, why do you need a training for Narcan? You know what I mean? It's just like, read the back. It's like take the cap off, squirt it up their nose, you know? Because it's a potentially life-saving situation. Yeah, so they want people up to date. Well, this is why you needed the training. So they said if the person's overdosed, and let's say they got, like, fucking mucus or puke in their nose, um, and they it can be injected to any mucus membrane, and the woman tells us that it can be applied anally if need be. So if you have Narcan, somebody's overdosing, and they're all clogged up and you can't get it up their nose, you can inject it in their butt. And, like, and I would actually advise 
Always, 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 anal. <laughs> always anal with the Narcan. Yeah, always anal with the Narcan. Yeah. I can imagine somebody overdosing, but sometimes somehow they're still like a little bit, you know, present. Yeah. And the guy's like, "I'm gonna Narcan you," and he goes for your nose, and the guy waves him off, and he points to his butt. <laughs> Please, the butt. I need the Narcan. Well, in they the butt. do that actually now because if the, especially with fentanyl, a really strong dope, people have to either get Narcan. Two or three times in a row, right off the right off the. Rip. I think they mop or, a jamba with a with a nasal in the and in the ass at the same time. <laughs> he has a long he's guy reaching around. Coke and dope shoot. He's like, ah, oh, it's too much heroin. <laughs> <laughs> Give me some Narcan at the yeah. same time. Yeah. So you get Coke, dope, and Narcan in the butt. Uh, imagine that. Imagine. Oh, well, I, I don't think it would kick it off quick enough. But anyways, um, yeah, sometimes people have to get uh, several Narcans the first time, and then the naltrexone, um, or the naloxone, it only lasts for like an hour, so they have to reapply it over and over. So sometimes, if people have like no tolerance, they shoot some really good dope with legs, after an hour, they'll start overdosing again after the Narcan starts wearing off. Wow. Yeah. And so actually, you know, I don't even want to get into it. What? I was going to tell a story from Dave Marshall, but maybe I shouldn't. Well, years ago... Um, when I was uh, on heroin, kind of early on, you know, like after a few public detoxes, there was an article or, or an ad on the back of the Village Voice that said, addicted to heroin, uh, earn $300 by participating in this study that can get you clean. Yeah. Go to the New York Presbyterian Hospital in Washington Heights. Yeah. I was like, okay, I could use 300 bucks, and I wouldn't mind getting off heroin. So, uh... I remember this guy I worked with gave me a ride up there, but he didn't even drive me to the hospital. He, like, let me off on the highway, on the West Side Highway, so I had to, like, climb this craggly <laughs> cliff by Washington Heights. And they're looking out the window, yeah. and they're like, hey, oh. Here he comes. Yeah, <laughs> and, then I, and I climb up this weird side of, you know, on the West Side Highway, all yeah. that weird shit up there. I climb up that, and then I go there, and the guy's like, yes, we will pay you uh, $300 to participate, and it's an early Narcan study, an Alexone study, and he goes, "We're gonna a daily g- dose." No, oh. we're gonna give you a shot. It can be one of three things: it could be a placebo, it can be a daily dose, or it could be a month dose. Yeah, and then we're not gonna tell you what oh. you get. So, <laughs> so they give me the money and they give me the shot, and I'm like. You know, I'm in my mind. I hope it's the placebo. (laughs) I hope it's the placebo, you know? And I go home and I get, I waste money and I get dope and I shoot dope and I don't get high. Was it the day or the And I was like, I hope it's the day. (laughs) The next day I do the same thing and I don't get high. And I'm like, it's the month. And then, like, I wait another week. I was like, maybe it was just long acting. Yeah. And I shoot again. Nothing. Oh, you you know? a month. And then every week I'm testing it to see, you know, and I'm like, clean. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, when can I get back to my to my drugs? This this shit's totally cramped my style. Oh, my you God. You know, and then, and then, like, 28 days, I, I shoot it and I feel it a little bit. And I that knew. was, like, the first stage Vivitrol. That was Vivitrol. Yeah. Yeah. But that was, it was a ridiculous thing. So what you were in the Vivitrol pilot study. Yeah. Yeah. Pilot season. Yeah. What's you up? think they just gave the month long to everybody? They should. <laughs> yeah, you just know? tell them it might be one of three. I wound up detoxing in that hospital twice. They paid me every time. They give what you do you mean they paid you? It's like all studies. You paid a detox? They, they pay you as like part of a research study. Oh. And uh, I had a private room. You have like a million DVDs. This sounds great. Would, I would watch like Malcolm X and the Doors back to back over and over. And I also got to sne- sneak weed into that one too. And I smoked weed in the hospital room. 
Really? It was like before smoking bans. I'm that old. Oh my god. Um, Do you hear about Rodney Dangerfield? No. When he was, I think he's yeah, he's dead, right? Mm-hmm. He uh, he's he, long dead. He, when he was like in the hospital, when he was dying, he uh, kept smoking weed in the room, um, and the nurse would come in and be like, "What are you doing? Like you can't." They like take his weed, and they'd come back like an hour later, and it'd be like all hazy. <laughs> It's like a cartoon character. You can pull weed out of anywhere. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. What was the Dave story about Vivid? Oh, no, it's just sad. But it tells a story. It's a cautionary tale. Uh, Our he, friend he, Dave, who's who passed died. away, yeah. he said that he um, they hit him with Narcan and he was in the hospital. And he was just saying you know, he was trying to like not look like he was high because they if they see you're high after an hour, they hit you again. And he was said it was so strong that he couldn't even hide it, and then they keep giving it to him. Do you know what I mean? They, let, they sit there and watch you because the Narcan wears off, and to see if it's still. And he said it wore off, and he like started nodding again, and then they like and he was trying to hide it. I thought you were going to say how he said he was going to get the shot, but then he never got the shot, and then yeah, he the, overdosed. Yeah, it's like if you guys are on the fence, you know, you're struggling with uh, with dope, and you want to yeah. get the shot. It's not a panacea, but it'll like give you some time. It also looked the work for you when you were at no consideration of anything. I'm just saying you can it can it can give you 30 days of not dying that you yeah. can get with your family or your friends or yourself yeah. or whatever. It's just if he had gotten the shot. You know, whatever. Yeah. There's a million ifs. There's always ifs. But I'm just saying, like, if you're thinking about getting the shot and you're having a hard time not shooting dope, get the shot. Yeah. You know, right? Yeah. Why don't you play that voicemail? Oh, yeah. no, no, no. Let's do an I- do the iTunes review of the week. Uh, which one? The newest one? There's, There's a million few? good ones. There's a bunch of good ones. Start talking, though. It takes a while. Oh, you know what we really should do is the ad. No, we're not, we're not doing the ad. We already missed it once. So what? Where do you, and they haven't paid us yet. Yeah, but I want to like... So I guess we can hold BetterHelp hostage. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to get that last one because we know you want it so No, 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 no. I, I think that BetterHelp, you know, owes us money and they didn't pay us. You know, whatever. Big deal. Um, well, it is a big deal to me. I hate that shit. But we're going to err on the side of that they're going to pay us. Act as if... And BetterHelp, you better fucking pay us or we're going to start bashing you. <laughs> BetterHelp is still a very reputed company, but but it's going to go the other way, right? Yeah. Right? Yes. Yes? All right, I'm going to read... Um, Hold on, what do you have to say about BetterHelp? I, I second that emotion. We, we support you until you burn us, and then all bets are off, and we're going to unleash the full power of the Dopey Nation you against you. You can't unleash anything. The full power of the Dopey Nation. <laughs> you hear me? Not yes. half power. Yeah, maybe the nation, the nation can. The Dopey Nation can yeah. do anything. Yeah. Okay, so this is the iTunes review of the week. It's from April 13th, 2017, from GD Unit, and the title is Debauchery and Hope with Chris Dave. I, I love the podcast. I've listened to just about every episode over the course of the last year. I always am so excited to hear your new ones when they come out, and they often have me laughing out loud at work while listening. The guests, emails, call-ins, and voicemails you guys have during the podcast are always great, and I can relate to a lot of the stories you guys talk about in some way or another. The podcast can have you in tears laughing at some points, but can also be very informative about different things people have tried in the attempts to recovery or what they do to stay sober on a daily basis. I love your podcast and have been listening since the beginning. Sorry I didn't write a review sooner. Love you guys and what you do. You always give, you've always given me hope in some of my hardest times recently. Thank you, Greg from Philly. 
Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Greg. Man, it was a great, 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 great. Can I just say something really funny or that I think is really funny? Um, Right? We, We have however many downloads we have. We get emails all the time, you know, people like, or this or that, whatever. <clears throat> but still, sometimes when I read an email or a review, it strikes me as incredibly weird that they actually listen to us. Are you, it, it, it's not sometimes, it's always for me. Like, can I'm you literally imagine? I'm literally in a state of perpetual awe and shock that there are people out there willing to listen to stuff that comes out of my mouth. No, can you? You, I get. Oh, like, you, I get, because you're, you're an interesting fellow. Can you imagine? You like to put on a good show. Can you imagine? Imagine this. Okay, just imagine this for, for a second. You're, you're driving to Great Barrington, and you stop at a gas station to get gas, and the guy behind the counter is listening to Dopey. And you walk in there and you hear Dopey. And there's some Dopey kid yeah. behind the counter or, you know, man or yeah. woman. And you're like, imagine seeing somebody. You can't say anything. It's anonymous. to say nothing. Imagine seeing somebody. It's like Fight Club. You, <laughs> you see all the guys with bruises well, everywhere. Well, you know that happened to Bill Wilson. What? Is that he started going to AA, you know, when he was older. And um, he would... Uh, He'd want to be like, they'd be like talking about how it started after the meeting and stuff like that. And he always loved to be like. A fly on the wall. No, no, he always, no, the opposite. He always loved to be like, well, actually, like, you know, this is what happened and I'm Bill, you know? But then, like, he, like, stopped doing it. He, like, tried, like, not to do that because it was, like, not good for him to always be doing that. It was, like, just the bravado and the ego. So he would just be, like, the founder sitting there quietly. But, but can, that's, that's. Alcoholics Anonymous was obviously a very successful foray. You know what I'm saying? Dopey. Like, can you imagine? <laughs> well, supposedly, like, somebody was talking about it on the plane. I don't. I don't buy it. Did we talk about that on the show? I don't know. I don't. I don't even know what we talked about five minutes ago. I, I literally, by the end of an episode, I can't remember what we talked about at the beginning of the episode. Billy Baru said he took a plane, and as he's getting off the plane, and this is a really weird story. If you're Billy Baru, right, and you're on the plane, and there, you hear some dude talking about Dopey, and he says at the end, this is what, he, what Billy Baru said. He said, and then I love it when Chris says toodles at the end. I That's think it's so weird. funny. And imagine, I just want to hear you say that. Yeah. I, I, it's, <laughs> anyway, imagine you're Billy Baru. Wouldn't you go, I'm Billy Baru from oh, yeah. Dopey. Yeah, I called in. I read my thing. That's a very good point. It's me! Yeah, that's a very good point. But why didn't he do that? Because he said that he was, he, you know, he's shy. Yeah. He's like, he's understated and he doesn't like put himself out there like that. I'd be like, it's me, I'm Dave from Dopey. And yeah. I hate toodles. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I cannot imagine, like we got an email from some dude in the doggy daycare and he just hangs out listening to Dopey. Can you imagine this doggy daycare that they're playing Dopey in? Or how about CrossFit Payback? Can you imagine going into that gym and hearing us? That's pretty wild. It's just weird. It's very weird. Very, very strange. It's very strange. Anyway, um... Play the thing? I guess. You want to? I don't It's care. up to you, brother. I don't care. My brother, bro. <laughs> uh, okay, this is a wild voicemail. We listened to it in the morning for a second. Um... What's up, Dave? What's up, Chris? I just got done listening to episode 75. And uh, <laughs> again, I'm driving. This time, I'm actually driving from the 
Tulsa, Oklahoma area, back to Cali. I'm going, going back, back to Cali. Not stupid. Anyways, uh, you guys, the Church and Other Drugs guy, that was, a, that, was a, that was a hilarious story. But the Tim guy's story, still in the, the ring, reminded me of some stupid shit that I did. So this was like two weeks before, in, two, in the year 2000, two weeks before I got arrested for my robbery and ended up doing 10 years. So two weeks before, uh, it actually started a little before that. So I'm in Orange County and I'm at this mall and I'm with my buddy and we're meeting some people there. And I noticed that this lady at this jewelry store is like taking out these watches and showing them to someone, right? So, uh, as we're leaving, I tell my friend, hey, I'll be right out. Just pull the car, you know, pull the car up to the front. I'll be right out, right? So, I have this, like, platinum credit card from my parents that they let me use for who knows why. I mean, I don't know what the hell I was doing with this card. But, so, I, like, flash this card and I tell the lady, oh, yeah, I want to see that watch, that watch, that watch, and that watch. And she pulls out, like three or four, I don't remember, watches, and I'm looking at them, and I just swipe them, I run out, and I run out, run out through the mall, jump into my buddy's car, and he's, like, freaking out, and I'm just like, go, 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 and he just drives like crazy, right, so we get away, I sell the watches, get a bunch of dope or whatever, they're really, they were nice watches, bottles, if I remember correctly, so anyways, now, this is like, I don't know, a month later, so now we're in another mall, and uh, I'm hurting for money, so I'm with the same guy, right? <laughs> so I'm, we're walking out of the mall, and I tell him, hey, dude, just go. I don't tell him what I'm going to do again, right? Like, I, I, I'm sure he doesn't know. He, I don't know if he knows what's going on or not. So I'm like, hey, just go pull the car, and there's like a little side street. There's like a parking structure, and then a little side street next to this mall. So I'm like, go pull the car. Uh, on that street and I'll be right out, right? <laughs> so this time, like, it's like a JC Penney's, right? So I try to get this lady to pull out, like, this board with, you know, a bunch of diamond earrings on it. So I'm in there and I flash the card like I did before. And man, the lady, she just does not want to take out, like she doesn't want to take the whole thing out, right? So finally, I just, I have no idea how long I'm in there. You know, if you ask my buddy, he'll tell you I was in there for like 30 minutes, but that's bullshit. I wasn't in there that long. So anyways, finally, I'm like, oh, let me see those. So I just point at the biggest pair of diamonds that they had and she pulls them out and I grab them and I run out. And so I run out and I run and I, I have a shirt on underneath my shirt. So I throw my shirt in the trash can on the way out and I run to this parking structure and I run up to the street where my buddy's supposed to be parked and he's fucking gone. So I'm like, shit, dude, you know, I've been up for days at this point. I don't even know how long. So I run across the street and I run into this neighborhood that I'm familiar with and I'm running down the street and I turn down a street and I turn down the wrong street and I'm just like, fuck. I turn into a cul-de-sac and I'm like, I'm freaking exhausted from running. I'm like, shit, what am I gonna do? So I turn around and there's like this little girl that's probably like, I don't know, 11 years old with a little brother that's even younger. And I noticed that they're standing in the front yard and 
they have like this brick wall for their back that surrounds their backyard with this big tree that's covering it, right? And so I say, I go up to her and I go, look, there's some people chasing me. Can I, can I hide in your backyard? And she says, yeah, sure, no problem. So I'm like, oh, thank God, right? So I jump over this wall and I crouch down in the corner of the house and the wall. And then I hear the cops, the mall security and cops coming by and the, they go come up to the little girl actually and they ask her if they've seen someone and she says no I haven't seen anyone and then they leave and then she's like hey you know what did you steal something and I'm like no 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 don't worry about it don't worry about it so I'm just crouching down in the back of this car for days I don't even know how long I'm back there eventually the little girl's like Hey, you know, like my dad's gonna come out. Like you, you gotta take off. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I go to her to the back of her backyard now, and I'm like looking over the fence. And of course, it's the one fence out of this whole neighborhood that's like a wrought iron gate with like the freaking spears on top of it, right? So I'm like, shit. So I'm looking, and I see that there's a cop like driving by in the street. So I wait. And then there's a dude in front of his house watering his lawn, and I'm just like, shit, man, this is just it's horrible. So I jump the fence eventually, and I'm into the next person's backyard, and then I'm like waiting, and I'm looking, and so I, I, this person has a locked gate, the asshole with the wrought iron fence, right? So I jump that fence, and now I'm into this the cul-de-sac next door, and so then I walk, and I walk out of this neighborhood, and I realized like I have no money. I don't even have, I think it was 45 cents at the time. I don't know, it could have been a quarter. Like I have no money. I ha So I have these diamond rings with a price tag of like $10,000, right? And I don't have a freaking dime to call my friend that freaking bailed on me, right? So I go to this Carl's Jr. that's like literally right next to the mall and I go up to the, to the uh, register and I'm like, can I, I, I order water, you know? Like, I don't have money to buy water, dude. I don't have money to make a phone call. I don't have money to buy a soda or a burger or anything. So I sit down and I'm just like thinking, you know, what the fuck do I do? The cops are everywhere looking for me and I'm just stuck in this freaking Carl's Jr. So I look out the window and lo and behold, my connection is about to go in the drive-thru, right? So I go out and I'm like, hey, what's up? And uh, he rolls his window down and I go, hey, look, before you let me in, like, I gotta let you know, like, the cops are looking for me. I just stole some shit. So he tells me, come around. So he reaches into his back seat and he pulls out this gray New York Yankees hat. He puts it on my head and then we go through the drive-thru and he's like, you want something to eat? And then he bought me some Carl's Jr. And we went to the motel and smoked some dope. And then we drive to my best friend's house and guess who's at my best friend's house? My buddy that had fucking bailed on me that was supposed to be my getaway driver. Anyways, the diamond ring story reminded me of that. So there's a whole other jail ending to this story that I'll tell you guys some other time. But I love the show. Great show, you guys. Keep up the good work. Yes, released into captivity is coming soon. Hopefully by the be a week from Sunday. 
assuming that I make it home safely to California as I drive through the night. I love you guys, man. Keep up the good work and uh, talk to you guys later. Peace. So what'd you think? It's a crazy story. It's fucking wild, right? Really, really crazy story. I just like Carl. How about the little girl? For like, he's in there for like a day, and she's still not. She she lies to the cops, and she doesn't tell her parents. She's a future member of the Dopey Nation. She's a ride 11, or die. Yeah, a ride or die eleven year old. It's like um, that. Okay, I've been writing a dopey television pitch. Yeah, and I feel like this story, right? is the ultimate story to put to animation. Because you see the little girl in her yard with a lollipop and her curls, and, and you have this guy, Dan, be like some wolf wolf character. <laughs> little girl, hide me. I got these diamonds. You know, it's just like, I just see oh, like an animated funny. That's a good an animated yeah, I like thing. That. The logline, I don't know if, if anybody in the Dopey she Nation... She could be a little Red Riding Hood and he could be a wolf. Yeah, something. I don't know. There's a, there's a real psychedelic bent to this story that's weird. Yeah. But I also love the Carl's Jr. I don't think I've ever been to Carl's Jr. Oh, you haven't, dude? The $5 burger. I just I love. I don't even know if they're. I wonder if or the six dollar burger. I don't even. Carl's Jr. is a West Coast thing. You don't really see him much out here. The thing that I really don't like about it is like if it doesn't get all over the place, it doesn't belong in your face. Is you that their line? That? That, that used to be their line when uh, Dennis Rodman was their guy. I don't know anything about. Nobody that. will touch Rodman anymore. The thing that's so fucked that he should come on Dopey. The oh, thing, dude, he should come on Dopey. The th- he used to work out at the gym I would go to. Bob yeah. Forrest was saying which gym in no, Pasadena in rehab, but they would t- in Orange County. They'd take us to the gym and I would just sit there and do nothing and um with Bob Forrest had all these Dennis Rodman stories ready to go and I just forgot to ask him oh really but the thing about Carl's Jr. that always made me crazy was that they had the same stuff on the menu as Hardee's or Jack in the Box or some shit they like shared a few items and that always bothered me that's weird Carl's Jr. had a burger with a pineapple on it if I remember correctly I don't know that's weird it's like Hawaiian burger or something whatever that's yeah. fucking annoying but um but their burgers were decent dude they were not bad so if anyone in the Dopey Nation makes I, I, television shows or if anybody in the Dopey Nation eats Carl's Jr. email us your favorite menu items what but continue <laughs> then he, what's wrong with you but um Fucking, this is the, the, the pitch. Imagine Regis, live with Regis and Kathy Lee, only Regis is a junkie and Kathy Lee is a total garbage head. And they record their show in their so, kitchen. So yeah, if you're in television production... Make it happen. Make it happen. And also if you're in publishing. We had one person ask for our proposal. We have a spit polish proposal ready to go for a book. So uh, Every time in publishing, from now on that, that you say spit polish, it's, all I will think of is cocaine in your hand and you spitting on it. <laughs> it's just like, I'll never lose that shit. Yeah. I will never lose it. I think I'm going to play a song. What are you going to play? Well, it's not one of my better songs, but it's a song that I wrote. Play Forever in Debt. We, we do it every time. You should play Good So Bad. No. <laughs> this is a song I wrote. How about we got to get those covers? I remember that cover that somebody did. Which one? Um, we played that. But yeah, Cormac no, just did a cool version of another one of my songs. Did he send it to us? Yeah. I haven't heard it. It's really good. Should we do that? Can you play it? I can play my version, but he did his own version. Which version was you? Oh, the one you played before on here. Cormac and I were sending ideas for songs back and forth, and I had a song that needed uh, a bridge and a verse, and he Cormac's added a talented, bridge. talented, right? He's very talented. And people like John's song, too. Yeah. yeah. Eric loved John's you song. You were on the fence about it, and then it gets sunk into your head, and you were like, I want to hear it again. That song, I, the song Methadone, it bugs me. 
But at the same time, when I stop hearing it, it pops into my head immediately. It's so like, kind of like your relationship with John. I love John. <laughs> so this yeah, you love John. Is what I'm saying. What's your no? That's not. It's nothing like my relationship with John. John is an old, old friend. I like John. Dude, it was nice that you hit him up for the methadone thing. It made him feel special. You're well, like people like you're him. like. Hey, dude, can I get some methadone? You forgot. <laughs> can I get some? Methadone? You forgot about it. What do you mean? That we were putting it on the show. I just figured you had a copy of it. Oh no. Yeah, I'm not going to play the song because Chris is nervous. It's too loud in here. Oh, you're putting it on me. Well, you were, you made a good point. I, I heard a door I open. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought they were coming to tell us to shut up. Well, I don't which would be cool actually if you had a, somebody come in and tell us to be quiet. On dopey, you know, man. a new element to the show. What somebody to be quiet? Remember when we used to do it in my apartment, and you and when the couple would get drunk next door and they'd like crank the music up and sing. Oh, yeah, or we get delivery food. Uh, Is that what you say, delivery food? Everybody's talking <laughs> about the good old days. Fucking. I wonder how your couch is doing. It's a really that was a great question. story. That's like one of my favorite dopey stories ever. I feel like there's something so sad about staying in Manhattan in a hotel. It's like to me, it's like that's just depressing. I used to stay in in uh, hotels in Manhattan when I for lived your staycations in, for my staycations when I lived in Brooklyn. But you're much different than me. I don't like. It just seems like a waste of money. It is a waste of money. It makes me uncomfortable to waste money. Because yeah, I work so hard for my money. That's a waste. Same here, man. I hear yeah, you. I hear you. Responsibilities are piling up. What else? I mean, do you want to read? Do you want to read the Brooklyn thing? Oh yeah, yeah, I should read that. All right, we're gonna read an email. It's kind of long, but it's it's all right. Um, oh, hold on, I have I have I have, a, I have a note though. First, one thing that I don't understand, Chris. Yes. It's men who wear little hats, like fancy little hats. This is, it sounds like stand up right now. But go ahead, yeah. No, it's not stand-up. I just don't like men who wear those little hats. You know what I'm what talking about? What little hats? Kind of like that. No, not... Now you're trying to do some horrible <laughs> shtick. I'm talking about, like, those Heisenberg hats. Like, from... from uh, I don't know what a Heisenberg hat from is. From Breaking Bad. You know what I mean? Like, when the guy who wore the little... He wears, a, like, a gangster hat. I'm talking oh, about... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking know. about if you go on the street. Yeah, that's like an Irish thing. The people in Boston do that a lot. No, I'm talking about... Like, these. the golfer's caps. No, the golfer's hats I like. Oh, you wear that sometimes, don't no, you? No, I've always dreamed of wearing a golfer's hat. <laughs> it I'm, takes a, you get a certain personality to I pull that off. I can't, I can't do anything because I look at myself and I'm like, Ugh, <laughs> I can't do it. I'm not cool enough. Yeah. Uh, or else I, I just can't do it. Those are popular in Boston. But um, all over the world, like these people, they come into the restaurant with these little hats. Well, pull up on your phone in Eisenberg. I need to know what you're talking. I don't know what you're talking about. Any of about. these fancy hats, I just I can't stand them. I don't know what you're talking about. How about men, young men who wear hats that aren't baseball hats? How about that? How about we just leave it at that? I have one of my best friends, uh, like a cowboy hat. Like I don't nobody even... wears. Cow- you can't imagine what a popular men's. I hat can't is. think of one hat besides a cowboy hat or a baseball hat or the golf hat. No, it's the other kind of hat. Here, we're gonna find it. Men in Arizona, people hats. wear like cowboy hats. Here. Men's hats. A fedora. Uh, I got a... Yeah, this is not working. Yeah, I got pictures of hats. This is just not helping. <laughs> they're all cowboy hats. And then there's a golf hat, cowboy hat, golf See, hat. Here, look like, at that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know what Here, look at this. That's look like what Charlie guy. Chaplin would No, look at like this. Like a Charlie Chaplin hat. Look at this. Look at this guy. Yeah. How do they live with themselves wearing hats like this? That's very Brooklyn. That's very hipster. Oh, look at that. That's what they all wear. If you're not old, don't wear a fucking fancy hat. 
We'll leave it at that. Okay, should I read the email? Unless you're bald. I have this one friend who's bald, and he wears hats. He has dispensation. He can wear whatever he wants. And he can pull it off. I think balding dispensation for any hat selection. Wow, that's quite a line. (laughs) He has a balding dispensation for any hat selection. (laughs) 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 All right, should I read this shit? Yeah, go for it. Okay, this is an email. It's... Shit is long. Oh, it man. is pretty long. Should I read it fast? No. Dude, let's do the ad. Uh, no, we're not doing the ad. Ah, okay, this is from, um, I don't even know what it is. It's, uh, from Rob. Um, and uh, Rob and I communicated, he is at a sober living that I used to work at. Ah, I see. I'm only on episode 32. Anthony and Churchill send their regards. I know you guys have guests on, but I'm not sure if you started sharing listener stories yet. Clearly he hasn't listened. Uh, episode 32, we already had stories, right? He wasn't paying attention. Um, anyways, I have a He's couple... He's fucking sober living. Give him a break. <laughs> anyways, I have a couple I'll share below. To be honest, they show some of my lowest moments, and I haven't had the opportunity to share much. So thanks in advance if you get a chance to read them or even share them on your podcast. If you get a chance to read them or mm-hmm. even share them... I had a lapse in spring of 16 on heroin or what I thought was heroin. I was on one milligram or two milligrams of Suboxone at the time, but I was not taking it as prescribed. My girlfriend was out of town for the weekend and I decided I was going to cop. So I stopped taking subs for 12 hours or so. I figured I might or might not get high, but I'd roll the dice on that. It was Saturday night, so I hit up my old dealer Penguin, the short kind of nerdy four eyes Hispanic skater from Bushwick. He's maybe only 20 years old. He usually had fire bags and always gave me buns for $70. The stamps were usually tap out or something like that. I used to get tap out. You were a tap out guy? Yeah. All right. Um, so he said he was coming through to my apartment and the excitement of using again started to build up big time. That's crazy. I only snorted my heroin and the smell and taste of it always gets me hyped. So that's all I could think about. This dude is the biggest slow poke and liar and it took him two to three hours to show up. He hits me up when he's downstairs, and I go get him. It's been a minute since he's seen me, so he's trying to have small talk, and I'm all, come on, man, so where is it? What you got? He breaks out these unmarked stamps, and immediately I'm cringing inside. In my experience, any unmarked bags means the product could be bad. I start asking him what happened to his regular stuff, and he told me he lost his connect, but he got a new one, and that's where these stamps came from. I'm wary, so I only cop half a bundle, and I'm yapping his ear off with questions about how good it is, and what him and his boy thought of it. He tells me it's really strong and that his boy got into a car accident after doing just a bag or two. This should have perhaps been a red flag, but there's no way I'm going to do it at this point. My lapse is 75% completed. There's no way I'm not going to do it at this point, I'm assuming is what he meant. So I rail a bag and I notice that it's not that smell and taste I'd learned to love. That I'd learned to love. I, but I tell myself that it must be a different dope and that maybe I should do some more. I do another bag, and then we go out on my fire escape to smoke a cigarette. I'm not really feeling high. We go back in, and I think I threw on some TV, and the next thing I know, I'm regaining some consciousness in a hospital bed. But still, I only remember bits and pieces. I'm not fully conscious and aware until the following night, Monday night. My girlfriend and parents explained to me that I must have blacked out at some point on Saturday night because I had stopped responding to her texts. My girlfriend got worried on Sunday and called my parents, who went by my workplace and our apartment. No luck. So they got the landlord to open up the door, and I was passed out, face down on my bed with tons of bloody scratches on my back from my six-month-year-old puppy trying to wake me up. S-M-F-H. Shaking my fucking head. Is that what that means? I imagine. Um... 
They called an ambulance and took me to the hospital. At some point, I woke up in the hospital and tried to get out of bed and look for heroin in my bag and jacket. My folks filmed this, and it's just so hard to watch. I'm yelling about people taking my dope, being violent towards everyone, and getting the attention of the cops in the hospital. I don't remember any of this, and I don't remember being taken home the next day. From watching the videos and from what my parents told me, it seems like whatever I took that night was not dope. Probably some kind of benzo because of the long blackout memory loss and my abhorrent behavior. Apparently, there was a bag or a half a bag of the heroin left, which they gave to the doctor. He insisted it be thrown out instead of tested because the cops were there and could arrest me for possession. So we'll never know what it was, but I believe the doctor said that what happened was not an OD. Nonetheless, it's been the worst experience of my life and my family's. It should should have been my bottom and a good enough reason to never do drugs again, but you guys know how it goes. After that, I went to an IOP and spent two months there, clean and sober. To be honest, it was the best treatment experience I've had, but like clockwork, after I left, I got back into using again. During this time, I was also on subs, and I thought that I would use my meds as prescribed during the week, switch on to dope for the weekend, and then jump back on subs right after my fun. Great plan. Best of both worlds, right? Right. So I told myself, I'm still in recovery. I'm just going to chip. Flash forward a month or so, I'm using almost every day of the week, really whenever I can afford it. I have reconnected with a middleman, or middlewoman rather, whom I met through the Reddit roll call. Basically, on that subreddit, there's a different posts. There are different posts from different cities slash areas in the country. People will say, looking for a friend or anyone need a friend, which is equivalent to, I'm looking for a dope connect and I have a connect. I can get dope. Side note, do you guys know about using craigslist and reddit to roll call to get dope it's insane how open and easy it is to do i'm happy to delve more into it and i don't give a fuck about blowing up that spot so i'm getting in now getting it now through this chick let's call her c and i'm seeing her as much as i can seeing her yeah she's seeing seeing c by the seashore money kept my habit from ever getting very big at this point i was only buying a bun at a time because it costs 120 dollars. she charges me two bags for every bun i get and that's the minimum i go meet her off the j train in bushwick and we go meet another connect ghost a dominican guy who has some pretty fire stamps highlights include holocaust and dead end you know either of those um So sometime in December, just a few months back, the city got hit with a good amount of snow. I had the day off and I needed to cop because I was sick and hadn't had anything since the day prior. Buying heroin is probably the most stressful thing ever for me, especially when having to deal with a middle person and a drug dealer. It just increases the chances of something going wrong or one of them not being around when I needed my dope. And of course, I always need it as soon as fucking possible. So that snowy morning, I'm trying to reach this girl who sleeps most of the day usually, and she's uh, not sure if Ghost is going to be working or if she can reach him, etc. I beg. I offer to throw some bars to sweeten the pot. I'm waiting and waiting and waiting, and finally she gives me the go-ahead. I run out of the house, get on the G, and I'm off to beautiful Bushwick to cop my bun. I meet her by the train, and I can tell she's pissed for having to leave the house in this weather. We end up waiting, per usual for him, and finally he shows up so I can get my $120 bun. Desperate. As she's getting that from him, she turns around and says, Ghost says if you smack me as hard as you can in the face, he'll give us a free bun. She has a smile on her face, and these dudes in the car are laughing. So I laugh it off, but she keeps looking at me like she's waiting for a response. I've been a desperate dirtbag, but I was not about to hit a girl in the face for drugs. So I nervously say, ha ha ha, no way, I'm not going to hit you. She gets me my bun, and as we're walking away, she starts yelling at me for not hitting her for the extra dope. I'm trying to explain her that I thought she was just joking around and that it's 
ridiculous, but she insisted that we would have given that he would have given it to us and she'd be fine with it. So now I'm thinking about the extra joke I could have had. I'm really upset I didn't smack her. But nonetheless, I'm ecstatic. I've got the runny nose already. So I reach into my pocket to pull out one of the stamps from the bundle, which for anyone who doesn't know is generally 10 stamps wrapped together by a rubber band. I have the stamp in my hand and I run down into the L train station. On the platform, I rip open the bag and snort it up. A feeling of relief washes over me. I get on the L train to start heading home. I reach into my pockets and organize them to make sure I keep the bun somewhere safe. Keys, check. Wallet, check. Oh, Phone, no. check. Ripped up stamp, which I had just snorted then. Check. What the fuck? Where's my bundle? Now I start to panic. Just a little, because I have lots of pockets. I go through them one by one. Two, then three times over. It's fucking gone. I remember a few people staring at me because of how frantically I was searching my jacket. And then my scream, once again, I lost it. My heart rate was through the roof. I was trembling. I got down on the floor of the subway car and was looking around to the confusion of onlookers. I decided I would get off at the next stop and backtrack. I get back to the platform I had been on and I walk it back and forth, over and over. No stamps. I search almost every foot of the station. All of the sets of the stairs, which are wet and filthy. I end up back on the street, which is covered in snow and slush puzzles, puddles. This is my worst nightmare. Slush puzzles. Slush puzzles. <laughs> I hate myself and I want to die. I start from where I'd copped and I shit you not, I crawled on my hands and knees through the snow and muck. Honestly, it would have been a miracle if I had found it because the stamps are white and would blend right into the snow. It's like a cliche at this point. The junkier crackhead on his hands and knees looking for his, that last hit. Now I'm standing outside the L Busy Train hip station. Hipsters and Hispanic people walking around me through the snow. I do not give a fuck that I look like a crazy person picking up pieces of trash in the snow to look at them. So desperate. I'm devastated because I can, because I think I had $30 left in my bank account at that point after copping. What was I supposed to do? That bun was supposed to keep me well for at least a day or two. So the attic part of my brain is telling me that I can't go home until I find dope, even if I'm completely broke because of it. I texted C, but she was way gone at that point and wasn't coming back. I begged her to let me cop some offer, but I knew she was not the sharing type. After a good 20 minutes of my pathetic and hopeless search on the sludgy ground, I noticed a couple older bearded guys hanging around the train station who were looking over at me curiously. They looked like derelicts, possibly homeless. Could they have found my bun? I then watched a Hispanic dude gesture to one of them, and he follows him halfway down the stairs to the station. The first homeless dude yells up to his buddy, Yo, John! You want two, right? I can't believe this is happening. I'm fucking saved. What are the chances that I run into some junkies copping from whom I presume to be ghost right in front of the station? Maybe the odds aren't crazy, but I didn't think that the Montrose L train was an open air dope market in 2016. So as this dealer is walking up the stairs, I casually ask him for three bags. Like I know him and I know what's good. I'm kind of surprised because he doesn't even ask any questions, just tells me to walk with him. As I presumed, the three bags were the same brand as the ones I had lost. I had found Ghost on my own, and at least I would have some dope. I later found out that the only reason he even knew I was cool is because of this bright yellow jacket I would sometimes wear when copping with this girl C, so he recognized me as that big banana-looking motherfucker. That day, I headed home, feeling the most intense mix of happiness, relief, anger, and self-hatred ever. But at least I had a few bags until tomorrow, which is just another day. Sorry, that was so long, guys. I just kept remembering more and more details as I went along and couldn't stop. But it felt good to get that off my chest. Hopefully it makes sense. Anyways, I only have 90 days clean and sober at this point, but I never ever want to go back to having either the extreme anxiety slash suffering or the extreme relief and pleasure from that insane heroin lifestyle. Keep up the good work, Rob. 
Amazing. It's a great email, Amazing right? Amazing email. It's a really fucking good email. Amazing email. We should put that on the website. Amazing email. Yeah. Oh, my God. That really... Except there's only one thing. I told you, thing. you didn't want me to read it. You said it was too long. I said it was a good one. <laughs> it was like, that was so good. Yeah. It was really good. Well email. written and good story. Except one thing. Why does he have to say bun? Can't he just yeah. say bundle? <laughs> it's like the word bundle is so much better than the word bun. Yeah. Unless you're getting a roast pork bun. <laughs> say fucking bundle, Rob. The story yeah. is so good, but bun, bun, my bun. Ugh. Uh, but um, do you ever say bun instead of bundle? No. Um, but that story, man, really took me back. Yeah. Like, really. And he, he didn't smack the chick in the face. Yeah. It's like, how could you smack the chick in the face? I would just smack her. Would you? I would have thought that... This is what I would have thought. Honestly, even as I read it, I still was... I read this email twice, and I was thinking about it this time, and I read it, thought it the first time, is I would have thought that if I, if I really believed that I was going to get the bundle I smacked her, I would, but... I would have thought that it was some fucking hustle where I was going to like smack her and they were going to come out and say, don't hit a girl and beat me up and take the bundle and take my money or something like that. Right. I would have thought it was some backfire plan. You know? I, I would have done, I would have done everything I could do to get the free bun, except <laughs> I would have like lightly hit her. Yeah. And then I would have been like, is that, I, I would have made, I would have really communicated with the dealer yeah. so that I could get something and I'd be like, all right, give me a half a bundle for yeah. that. Yeah. You know, I would just do, I would walk the line yeah. to, to get something out of it that story man oh it's such a good I, I was really transfixed by that story yeah. like oh I remember one time it was a snowstorm just like that and and I called up a dealer and he came over and he gave me three buns but of course I wasn't paying so much for my buns my buns were cheaper and um and then I was like I'm gonna go shopping and I take my buns and I put them in the inside pocket of my coat and I go out to buy sneakers for yeah. some reason with 30 bags of dope on me Yeah, and like after I buy the sneakers I lost my buns also <laughs> and I am just like him yeah. like tr- like looking I never got on my hands and knees because yeah. I'm not going to find three buns in the fucking snow but like the same thing happened I was just lucky because I had been working so much I had money I just begged him back and I bought two more buns Called it a day. <laughs> uh, Todd says bun. Does he say buns? Yeah. He's, he refers to he's like, he's like, he, I got a bun. He's, wait, wait, what? Nothing. Does he say buns when he's referring to what? Multiple buns. When he, yeah, when he's referring to multiple bun, he, he says buns. But I always loved the term bundle. I don't know why you would forsake it for this bun. I don't like bun either. I'm with you on that. Hair bun. Men with hair buns. Yeah. It's annoying. All right, drop us a review. Uh, like us on Facebook. Like us on Instagram. We have Twitter. Nothing really happens there. But um, Do you like buns? I like buns. Fucking write a review just about the use of the word buns. Maybe the next gen, the younger generation, younger than you, doesn't have the time to say bundle. Yeah. So they say bun. Yeah. Anyway, it's stay gotten st- fast-paced out there. No shit. Stay strong, dopey nation. And toodle. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Rob, that was an amazing email. Yes, Thank amazing you. email. Thank you, fellas. Goodbye. Goodbye. Toodles. Don't say toodles. I want to take a walk around the world. I wonder would it do me any good. Until I get some money in my pocket, then I guess I'll just have to walk around my neighborhood. But I want to be good so bad. Want to be so good, so bad, so bad. I want to be good so bad. Bad desires, all I ever had. And I wanted 
take a ride up in the sky Watch this airplane just pass me by And I want to see a Lear jetliner take a dive Just to show all of these people what it means to be alive But I want to be good so bad Want to be so good, so bad, so bad I want to be good so bad Bad desire's all I ever had And my shadow's getting smaller and smaller And it's time to where I stand Shadow's getting smaller and smaller And it's time to where I stand Busted city far behind. I'll take the high road, however far it winds, because peace and love are very, very, very hard to find. And I wanna be good so bad. Wanna be good so bad, so bad. I wanna be good so bad. Bad desires all I ever had. Damn it, all these suckers make me mad And it's all I ever had And it's all I ever had And these suckers make me mad And I want to call my dad And it's all I ever had 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 And these suckers make me mad And it's all I ever had And I want to call my dad And it's all I ever had